recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD studio, it's playing and slaying. Welcome Yay. to the show. Uh, so good to be recording episode eight. Eight. Which is one more than the holy number of Nurgle. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the number of corn. It is. It is. Um, however, I am partial to the plague. Yeah, the plague. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk more about that later on tonight's episode <laughs> when we get into some of what we've been purchasing because I went a little heavy recently. But uh, we will do the usual playing, what we've been uh, getting to the game table, review a couple of games, um, what we've been buying and building through our hobby progress, mm-hmm. which might be a little slim for some of the reasons that we'll talk about, but we'll make up for it because we're getting a little late blast of... Uh, warmth here in the midwest yep. before we descend into winter mm-hmm. so we have to uh try to enjoy our our time not hobby yeah kind of yeah Definitely. it's hard to yeah, stay yeah. in the basement when the sun's shining <laughs> and that will take us to our main topic which actually also hard to stay in the basement if you had to save five games only from the the basement of death game library to play for the rest of eternity what would those five games be and each of us mm-hmm. will cajole maneuver and and art plead i guess the case of our our five games um so without further ado let's dive into the eighth episode of playing and slaying and when you're playing and slaying it's important to stay hydrated Very what true. are you what are you drinking troy weiss <laughs> as normal i have the house cocktail because I need a little pick-me-up and a little alcohol. And it does both. So, White Monster, Van Gogh, Acai, Blueberry, a little ice. Bach, yeah. I hear the ice. And a little ice. Little, or a lot. little clink-clink. I, uh, I felt the same. Uh, need a little pick-me-up with a little alcohol. House cocktail for me. We'll have to look back in the archives and see if there's ever been an episode where none of us have a beer at the time of recording because we have gone full cocktail. Yeah, uh, possibly. I'm sampling a Captain Conway, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Morgan with a Zevia Cola. Little, little tip of the cap to uh, our friend Will. Yeah, it's um, it's his favorite beverage, um, Captain Morgan and uh, Zevia. Mm-hmm. One of those is his favorite beverage. <laughs> So, um, excellent. We are all hydrated and and ready to rock and roll. Joshua. Yes, sir. As we think about playing games, we recently shared our 
Wasteland Express delivery system, which you did not play, but you spectated. Mm-hmm. After our last show, we did actually get a uh, tweet from Matt Riddle, one of the um, designers of that game. And I think it's very important to share that we we did talk about the lack of how we felt there was a lack of player interaction and the inability to directly attack another player. He did point out to us on Twitter that if you read in the back of the rule book, there is a player versus player variant rule that can be introduced that drives that conflict. And it was yep. a little fun banter because then Rodney from Watch It Played, who we blamed. Because yeah. <laughs> I blamed Rodney for, uh, for my lack of reading the rule book because we basically learned from watching the video. But yeah, it was nice of Matt to kind of, one, to pay attention to what we were saying. Um, but yeah, to offer it up. And they do have, it, that's not the only variant. There are a couple other variants in the, the back of the book that, uh, back of the rule book that lets you play it. And uh, one of those is the, the you can have, there are some rules for players attacking other players. There is a warning that it will slow down the game because, again, you're going to put people back, you know, causing more damage, and it may take them longer to build right. their truck back up and get things in there. But um, I think, again, I, I would not recommend it. I think that would be kind of fun, a fun variant to throw in there. So. Yeah, I think our next playthrough, we're going to have to play with those rules for sure. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, um, definitely looking forward to get, getting that one back to the table here soon. Meanwhile... Troy, you've been doing some gaming in a, a virtual space. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So so Ben, who we mentioned on the show, my brother, he lives in Texas. So we see him at Gen Con, but then we don't get to game with him other times during the year. And so we've been trying out, uh, there's kind of two things out there, Tabletopia and then Tabletop Simulator, I think is the other ones out there. Um, what we've been trying out is Tabletopia, which is available on Steam, but it's also, uh, you can get through it just a, a website too, if you don't have Steam to get there. Um, and it has all kinds of different board games available on it that are in a virtual setting. And it's not, um, we think there's no AI with the games or basically all the components are virtual and you get, you see a table, virtual table that there, and then all the components are there. And then it's up to you to still read the rules and move the components over and, and actually play the game. But, um, you basically are all just playing at this virtual table or this, uh, on Tabletopia. So I tried that out once. I tried to get everybody other, and nobody showed up. So I ended up finding. Uh, I didn't get a call. Did you get a call? I did not. I did okay. not get okay. an invite. No, I'm sure you guys cool. were busy. You probably were sure. doing something else. Yep. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this. <laughs> uh, there's some solo games on there. So one of them that I found was Hostage Negotiator, and that's exactly what it what it means. Is you are a, a hostage negotiator. You have. It's a, mostly a card game, a card with some boards and components. And it's you're going through the thing of talking down the, hot, the thing, trying to rescue. The wind condition is basically rescuing hostages to come out of there. And there's kind of uh, three phases. So there's a conversation phase where you're drawing cards that you play to resolve this threat level to get there and they can be all kinds of things like you know i'm and they have some theme to them like hey i'm gonna talk the guy down or keep cool or there's things like that and playing that card you basically roll some dice so there's that's a random element to it and it can affect the the two things in the game are really these conversation points and then the threat level um and when the threat level goes up you actually kind of lose dice to go and when the um the conversation level goes up that actually helps you to get things and lets you buy more cards and more cards let you do more actions like actually rescue hostages and things like that so 
Um, it's a solo game. It's, I mean, it's basically a board game. I actually checked it out at Gen Con uh, and almost bought a whole bunch. But as a solo game, I'm like, if I'm really going to play it, I'll probably just play it on Tabletopia again because I don't really break open, you know, a lot of board solo board games to do like that. But <laughs> um, but it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Can, I mean, the whole can thing it is, be played in a group or is it only a solo? Yeah, it's play? really a solo. Play. I mean, okay. right. You could play it like cooperative. You could have a group of two or three and, you know. Okay. talk about it together but it really yeah there's really no mechanism in there to have additional players it's really a you or a group of people against the game uh, against the terrorist really to to go through it okay so um but i'm is, amazed at the there is a lot of support for it in terms of there's a base game i think they just came out with a second edition there's additional packs because basically the you can have different abductors basically kidnappers or people know, criminals and they have different special abilities to go through is, there is there a way to play the classic we don't negotiate with terrorists um <laughs> you can be like the conversation a lot of the cards give you different options and some of them can kind of you're you're always kind of talking but you could you know some of the cards i believe are like hey we're gonna assault and try and get people out so uh, we can't send mclean in through the air ducts no <laughs> okay. yeah it's all about <laughs> okay. trying to get people out and what's really it's like every as you go through each turn the end of each turn there's this terror deck and that's what really throws the curveballs in because that's the thing that's going to either like, okay. oh, guess what? You've pissed him off and he's going to, he kills a hostage or, or he doesn't kill a hostage. And there's ways that you can give them into man's because they'll have a th- uh, like cards that say, hey, I want water, I want food, or I want whatever. And you can decide to give them kind of what he wants and then that may pay off or it may not. So there's some interesting, yeah, a lot of interesting kind of levers you can pull plus a pretty heavy random element to it. Cool. Yeah, there's some. Oh, it's challenging. It was. It was interesting. So, very cool. I want a baseball helmet full of cottage cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was. That's in one of the expansions. Okay. All right. <laughs> there. So on, then, on that note, you played another. Game. Yeah. So the next time, so that was kind of dry run, and, and <laughs> to go back to Tabletopia, what that really did was also let me kind of exercise because the one interesting thing is to figure out the actual user interface and how do I interact with virtual dice and virtual cards and how do i shuffle cards and how do i flip them over and so there's a little bit of a learning curve just with you know how do i actually make the the game components kind of work is it pretty intuitive or uh kind of and well everything has um like a right click context menu that if you're kind of just stuck you can but that's kind of slow sure so I like the hostage negotiator. I don't know. Maybe it took me ninety minutes to play. My guess is if I would have been playing a paper, real, you know, physical copy, it was maybe a thirty to forty-five minute game. Right. Okay. But because it's a little, it was a little clunky that first time. Like, how do I flip the cards over and you know flip over the top card and and you're also doing a lot of zooming in and out because you're like you're looking at the whole table. But when I want to kind of read a card or I want to look at things, you're kind of zooming and moving around. And again, as you get more familiar with it there's a lot of shortcuts and keys and as you learn those then i could see where it become kind of second nature my my last tabletopia question isn't there a way to play it in vr like if you had an oculus rift isn't there i don't know i don't know if they're there yet okay yeah i mean that would be the kind of the next thing and maybe tabletop simulator might have something like that already but that would i'm sure because when i when i buy myself that oculus rift now that they're coming down to a decent price point that yeah. would be pretty yep. cool. That would be cool. Yep. And then it would, ju- you'd still have to figure out like, how do you interact with the components? Yeah. But it, yeah, it probably would get rid of a lot of the, the scrolling around that you had to worry yeah. about. You just turn your head, right? Turn your yeah. head or, 
Well, how would you, and you'd still have to figure out how you get closer. Like, I want to go and you'd grab something and pull it. Well, more, more to come. More More to come. come, Yeah. It's an exciting time to be a gamer. So, the second game that when I did get Ben and John on, and this was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, we got on was we were able to play a game that's not out yet. Um, Cool. Which is called uh, from Pandasaurus, which is again one of our recent, you know, favorite companies in recent times, by uh, John Gilmore and Brian Lewis, and John Gilmore again, who's one of our kind of favorite designers, is uh, Dinosaur Island, and I talked about this. I think I, I kickstarted that a while ago, and but they have it up on Tabletopia to play even before it's well, it's in production to do it. So we kind of gave that a dry run. We didn't get through a whole game, but we at least got through kind of learning the rules and went through a couple turns. Uh, before we ran out of no, time, and that, I think we talked about Dinosaur Island on our Gen Con preview, um, yeah. and I'm real interested to see all the the art for it because it's Quan Chai uh, yeah. Maria who did mm-hmm. the Frontline Note Comrades, right? Yeah, and it's got um, I don't know, is it would you call it an '80s kind of look, something else like that? Um, you know, not cartoony but cartoony okay. kind of thing like that. So kind of cool. poppy, poppy kind of art. Um, no. So really, kind of upbeat. Yeah, it's not, um, and it's really like Jurassic Park, right? Now, so, does everyone need to purchase Tabletopia, or does only one person have to? Um, and I believe you don't have to play like a single game if it's a free game. Certain games on Tabletopia require you to have like a certain level, but like Dinosaur Island, I think is free. And in that case, you don't. None of you need to have a membership to play it. Um, the next premium level lets you kind of have save games. So you could start a game. We actually could have done a couple of turns. We could have saved it because I think I have a like the basic level or something like that. We could have saved it and then come back a different time and just picked up where we left off. That's cool. Which would be really cool for especially some of the longer games or things right. like that. Yeah, yeah. To get through. So there's some benefits there. Like I said, I think some of the downside is just the UI. It's not. It's never going to maybe and something like with VR and gloves or something. It might be as cool or once you learn kind of a lot of the keyboard cheats. It's, uh, but it was good. And then Dinosaur Island was fun. I think it's one where even though it's it's a hard Euro, um, you know, mm-hmm. not hard and like difficulty, but like it's a Euro game. Right? It's all so how do they resource make- management, you know, worker placement to get that. But I'm, you know, I'm not a big, I'm in just the theme is pretty good. And it's not, you know, super complex in terms of what you're doing. You're basically getting genetics to make to build dinosaurs you put the dinosaurs in your park you then also need to put like restaurants and stuff in your park and then kind of the scoring phase is each turn then people come to your park um, and then there's a mechanic where you draw the people out of a bag so you can actually get normal kind of uh, people ticket buying people and you also can get i think get to call them hook uh hooligans or something who are people who are going to mess with your park a little bit right okay, the, yeah those damn teenagers probably <laughs> so, so it was a euro but it wasn't so crunchy that right it, it wasn't crunchy in the theme it's just it exudes theme that sure. i think that's where i i, I like a uh, a euro that if the theme is like totally in, in, engrossed then i'm like i'm in it right, did, right, right at right. any point did you feel like jeff goldblum was going to come out and <laughs> No, because there's not a lot of... Well, there's a little bit about security. Um, uh-uh-uh. Didn't say the magic word. <laughs> um, yeah, things go really bad if you like your um, security level goes below your threat level of your park or something like that. So you need right. to, But that's, again, part of the... You need to make sure... Resource management about making sure you're building enough security in. Because if you don't, then things go bad and people get eaten and then it all goes south um, to get that. So, But I think this will be a cool. fun one to actually get to the table once we get the real game which it should be i don't know if it'll be end of this year hopefully 
uh, fourth quarter sometime. I don't know we'll if I there. got a if I got a Tabletopia invite, I would totally yeah we would have been with, there playing yeah, with Troy yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were probably on Steam at the same time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So recently, um, half of the Basement of Death has uh, I don't want to say evolved. We've kind of the reverse of evolved. We've we've gone into this black hole. Yeah, <laughs> this black hole of. Uh, online computer gaming which we don't usually talk about on the show at length but i I think it's worth a minute or two for sure um because of first how much time we've been putting into it and how much we've been talking about it (laughs) but um and how great it is it's really fun so it's a player unknowns battlegrounds um it's a battle royale style first person shooter uh where you can play individually um in teams of two or up to a group size of four and the, the concept is amazing. You dive onto an island out of a cargo jet, a cargo plane. You parachute to whatever location you want to get to. With nothing. With nothing. And there's 100 people. Last man standing wins. And you have to go find weapons and items and equipment and different stuff around this five mile by five mile island. As a circle shrinks around you, condensing the play area. And you take damage if you're outside of it. So it... it right. Min, it, forces you to maneuver your way into the circle to stay in the game which forces interaction because you think on a map that big everybody could just hide in their corner of it for hours right but that forces conflict and right we've been playing a a fair amount of battlegrounds (laughs) like every night multiple hours for sure um and it's just been great to get everybody because we're we're slowly corrupting the entire um, <laughs> gaming group. And there's lots of different weapons, and there's lots of different like vehicles, and um, you know there's little cities, and there's little towns, and there's wide open spaces, and so there's and like they they design the game really awesome where <clears throat> there's enough variation in the map that you don't get bored and. You can't see it all, like yeah. And and somebody was asking me about, well, isn't it the same map? And I said yes, but it's so big. You think of a game like Counter Strike or another shooter where the map is only a very small footprint as far as an area. When right. you're in those uh, first person shooter games where it's multiplayer, this is so large that within that one village of twelve buildings is as big as any map in Counter-Strike no. or right. any of the other player-versus-player shooter games that are out there. So yeah, it's just, you're talking, what, 25 square miles, right? <clears throat> yeah. Right, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's not anything to sneeze at, right? That's a small town. That, right. And if you drop to the same spot every time, then you might learn that spot yeah. pretty well. But also the plane comes in at different angles, so you're not, you're not quite sure. Your flight path is always different game to game. Right. So yeah. you never know where you're going to drop. One, one thing I would point out is it's on. It's in early access. It yep. came out this spring. Right. It's become one of the top three selling games on Steam. Right. Ever. It's, it's not even a true release yet. They're, they're releasing end of the year, early next year. They hope to release a new map. Like That's mm-hmm. in development. So there's a lot to come. It's still early access, but the player base, you don't have to wait either. You, no, yeah, you die in a game, in. you're out in the, the mm-hmm. lobby, you're in again because there's so many people on, on playing it. Right. Yeah, and it's solo, two, three, or four. Uh, and Yeah, super fun. I don't know, Troy. I think you should buy it. For I sure. Might. Surprisingly enough, this was not our Play It or Slay It uh, segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Troy, uh, I do want to talk about your next game. You you got a 
a battle in with a uh, friend of the show and fellow podcaster um, recently. Yeah, um, Dan Bears came over and he's we kind of ran into him through Anvil 8, the guys at Anvil 8, uh, through kind of our mutual uh, love of the uh, Ethereum game. It's kind of where we ended up meeting Dan. Uh, and he's uh, over time. He's actually contributes to the Bulls forum or uh, Bell of Lost Bell Souls, of Souls uh, on 40k. So he writes uh, a lot of stuff of blogs and on 40k, 40k and stuff. Uh, Shadow of Prometheus uh, is his blog that he puts a lot of stuff in there. And then they recently started uh, Cubic Shenanigans, uh, kind of a 40k AOS um, Age of Sigmar uh, podcast uh, in the last couple of months. And so those have been pretty good. And so it was great to get together when we've. I uh, met Dan a couple times in Adopticon, uh, and he's here in the Milwaukee area. And so it was really cool to finally catch up with him and have him come over. And we just threw down, uh, you know, I think 100 power level of 40K. He had his Thousand Suns all decked out, and uh, and I put together a bunch of kind of uh, ultramarines. Okay. Um, no, none new guys. I just kind of took all the old guys off the shelf and kind of reworked it and, and threw it down. And we played uh, Open War, just the deck. Um, on the table with uh, and that was a fun battle i probably could have gave dan a little bit he ended up winning a close one uh, but he kind of had it locked up towards towards the end of uh, turn three or four to get there because there was no way i could score it was the uh, burden and pillage uh so you had three objectives on each side of your side of the board and your opponent had to go and basically claim each time they claimed one of the objectives they burned it and claimed the points and so whoever got the the most of those by turning the we just had the five turn limit to get there uh, one and he basically had he get, was able to get one of mine pretty quick because I didn't camp very well around mine and he dropped in his uh, dust terminator guys who I'm like oh I can shoot them off the table no that just threw all <laughs> kinds of stuff in um, very cool and killed a lot of stuff so yeah my uh, land raider crusader was a hero but could not throw I still could not just throw enough uh, yeah. enough firepower I- to clear his stuff off so. Yeah, I got to reach out to Dan. I, w- I want to get a uh, another Ethereum game in now that I got my ResX guys put together. So hopefully his House of Karu forces will be up for mm-hmm. battling the uh, the Aethership fairing ResXers. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, last time I checked out his website, the the Shadow of Prometheus blogspot.com, he had some pictures of his uh, Thousand Suns. So if you want to mm-hmm. check him out, check him out there. So 40 k is getting the table. We're playing on Steam. We also spent some time uh, playing the new game from Cool Mini or not. Uh, I think we mm-hmm. had talked about the Kickstarter arriving perhaps yep. previously. We got a playthrough of the first tutorial in, built our first characters, gained our experience, and, and hopefully we'll be playing that some more. Massive Darkness. I thought it was very easy to pick up if, if you've played Zombie Side or yeah. their other games. It has... Not identical mechanics, but similar feel. Very, very similar rule set, and and that helps for picking that up and adding the campaign element to it, where you're you're leveling up your character, you're purchasing skills, gaining equipment. I thought it was hard. We Mm -hmm. even for the tutorial, we got a little overzealous and said, "Well, let's go here and get a little (laughs) extra treasure," and then it just (laughs) boom, boom, boom. It spiraled out of control and escalating quickly, as they say. um, We narrowly escaped i think we just sprinted yep. out at yeah the at the end we're like we ah, you know what we let's not kill these things let's get out of here but yeah i thought it was um yeah it ended up being tougher than i thought there's more depth there i think initially i know i jumped in kind of late on it because i was like wasn't sure about the gameplay and i know i think they had got a lot of feedback to it so it's interesting i don't know how much they might have 
kind of added to the game, especially on the campaign mode and things like that. Because I think when the Kickstarter was going on, that was some of the criticism that you, you heard from mm-hmm. a little bit. So um, interesting. But yeah, when we actually played it, there's there's some good meat there. And uh, yeah. um, seems like, yeah, it'd be fun. Like you could play a campaign and you're gonna it's going to be interesting. And again, a million minis, they're all pretty cool. Yeah. And Yeah, the models are great. The components are really good. Yeah. I mean, the Kickstarter helps to have the 3D doors and mm-hmm. treasure chests and right. bridges and, and yeah. other things. But what I really enjoyed too is the the art on the tiles is actually really good. I, not that zombie side isn't, but these, the way they use the lighting, um, because darkness, you have different shadow abilities and in light, you're more vulnerable. It's very easy to tell how they implement it on the, the game board tiles themselves. Right. Uh, a lot of, in a, a lot of variants, the different characters have their own things and then the character classes. So there's a lot of different combinations and in, in ways you can build a character, which I like too. It's not just a template. Here's this. And you're stuck with a very fixed, um, character. Right. It yeah, well, in building off the, the lighting thing, um, each character seemed to have, or each character did have a, when you're in darkness, you can do an extra thing. Um, so yeah, the the lighting on the tiles really meant something. So if you're in darkness, you can do a, a, a cool action or you know some sort of sneak attack or or whatever. So um, yeah, that that added a little something to to the game. So um, kind of building off of the massive darkness uh, title, right? So um, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, so definitely we'll get that back to the table, having having uh, some fun with that. Um, real quick, I won't talk too much about them because we, we've already talked about zombie side in massive <laughs> darkness, but we did attend a, uh, board games and beverages at the great lakes distillery in Milwaukee, in, Wisconsin, in yeah. Yeah, great city on a great lake, uh, <laughs> um, and had a, uh, a great time with uh, a few of our friends. My brother, Tom showed up, Paul was there, um, Neil from work, Neil from work <laughs> and his, uh, his significant other. Diana were were there uh, with the three of us. So it was, it was seven. We had a full full table. Oh. So we we busted out Black Plague. Had a really fun time with that. And then Frontline No Comrades, nice. um, <laughs> which as as usual was zany and fun. And I felt like people were gunning for me. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and, and Paul's wife Jen and some of her oh, friends yeah. showed up at the end, which yeah. was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really good group. Yeah, it was fun to get a big group of people out there and throw mm-hmm. some. And we did play before you guys got there. We did play the Iris game. That oh, you that did little yeah Kickstarter or whatever. Yeah, it was played that on the bar itself because it, I played nice. I played bar dice before I got there. <laughs> I had a, another happy hour. <laughs> Good deal. Um, and it's been a while since I think I gave you guys just a, I'll give the the 30,000 foot view of our mage campaign, but we have had some very epic events and our, our cabal of mages uh, due in large part to my character being stubborn. And um, we, we got tricked by Lucifer, the great deceiver and uh, helped him out un, un, unknowingly. And then got back, and he he kind of taunted us. So I I struck out at Lucifer. I attacked him, um, and then the party attacked him. And probably shouldn't have done that. I mean, in hindsight, <laughs> attacking a thing of that magnitude yeah. and power uh-huh. is foolish. And so we're we're currently suffering through the punishment for our our um, 
our actions. And currently the, the werewolf in the group has lost the wolf. So he's mm-hmm. just a man. And two of the three mages have lost their avatar, which gives them magical power. Uh-oh. Uh, so, and meanwhile, Tom's character is a prince of hell because we combined a crazy avatar with his and helped Lucifer. Yeah. So now he has all this crazy power and he's going to get his comeuppance soon when he realizes he probably shouldn't be using hell-imbued magic. I mean, it's just not a good choice. <laughs> uh, so so we are playing a very high-level, like high-power level game because this campaign's been running consistently for two years with very low-power no characters power. currently. Uh, so we're, we're in a bit of a bind. It's a little scared of what Paul's going to do, how long no. he's going to... Is this where you guys do like your Laverne and Shirley episode? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where you guys get a job in a brewery or something, and you put the glove on, put the glove on the thing, yeah. Around, I I thought maybe I just retire. (laughs) Maybe my character just sells all his stuff in Milwaukee and moves to, you know, a beach town in Florida. Mm -hmm. But it's just going to be dark Florida. I mean, it's the world of darkness, so it's not like you get to go enjoy um, sunshine and a honeymoon anywhere. Are there hurricanes in Dark Florida? Yeah. Oh, probably. Hurricanes are actually spirits and like oh. crazy powerful nature spirits. Wow. Yeah, so that was a, a update on our mage game. Cool. Good deal. Now an area where we don't have many updates. Hobby our progress. Hobby progress. Hobby progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hobby's been lacking. Yeah. Um I have been dabbling only. I've been assembling some uh Skaven working towards my what i think will be my tournament army for 2018 clan pestilence um as well as the death guard i I primed and started painting some of the pox walkers um from the uh the eighth edition starter kit so I, i have been making some progress there and i also um took one of the primaris marine lieutenants that are included in the box and started painting him just base coating because it's so much fun to paint the bigger bigger marine um there's just a little bit more detail it's a little easier to work with they took it from a 28 millimeter um miniature that was great like i mean the standard space marine is is a good model and made it better and I'm, i'm having some fun getting some paint on that guy so very cool um have you guys made any hobby any any um, at all if you call it cleaning hobby cleaning your hobby space yeah okay because it's kind of the post gen con trying to make room i did spend a whole evening rearranging the gaming shelf that? in the basement death to try and get um wasteland express to fit on the shelf <laughs> <laughs> it kind of took me about two hours to... I'll, I'll give you credit for you know your hobby space that's important i i did like two mold i i owe ty a whole bunch of doors uh because he painted <laughs> all my uh zombicide doors so i was gonna make him a set so that he could uh paint paint, paint my doors uh, from his my own doors yeah um so yeah i did do like two mold which ends up being one door because it's like both sides well i appreciate that door so yeah there's there's one door i, mm. I added so i will eventually <laughs> come come on that but yeah that, that's really all i've done so far yeah player unknown battlegrounds is really yeah it's um, really cutting into my <laughs> derail hobby time it's awful right, yeah. yeah i don't even have that excuse yeah um well yet yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get you yeah. <laughs> so um 
what was great is we've we've recently been using a lot of Discord for just group conversation. Uh, which is a um, great app for just yeah, kind of a, a community collaboration and yeah. planning, and it's it's the group text that you can selectively look at rather than if you have group text on your phone, right? <laughs> where yeah, yeah. you're always blown up. So, um, but. Matt posted a link to Hasbro's shop for My Little Pony uh, D20 through D4. I think it's basically like a, a play set of dice you would need for a role-playing game. Yeah, and it's, it's listed as Dungeons & Dragons My Little Pony, Pony Dice in a Tin. Yeah. So And, and it's it, it, the, the full set of dice in a tin, and it has Dungeons & Dragons dice, and then My Little Pony pictures with like uh axes and swords and big wings and yeah, yeah so it's pretty funny it's, looking. it's probably worth pointing out that the basement of death is affiliated with a brony we yeah. i mean <laughs> can we call him that yeah it's ben, confirmed yeah. ben weiss is definitely yeah. a brony <laughs> <laughs> so troy did yeah. you purchase a, a set for ben no i didn't okay. um but his birthday doesn't come up for a little while uh, all right christmas but Shh. it's good to know oh yeah secret yeah, don't tell ben, ben. Close your ears and rewind. Yeah, yeah, we may we may have a birthday gift for you coming. <laughs> so, um, other than brony dice that we might purchase for um, for Ben, I did buy the Demon Primarch Mortarian, mm. the Primarch of the Death Guard, Warhammer Forty um, K. I actually I put the order in through Mini Stomp, my first mm. order, um, and it, talk about a great guy. You know, his email response time is fantastic. His pricing is wonderful. Um, definitely check it out for, for any of your games workshop uh, hobby needs. Nice. Yep. Um, and uh, I also had picked up the Death Guard Codex when it released on Saturday. I, I went, I, we were on vacation this last weekend, so I brought it with me, and that was some of my bedtime reading. So I'm, I'm itching to get my Death Guard army <laughs> uh, put together and, and on the table now. Excellent. Um, and then I bought a, a lot of more uh, Skaven. Yeah, I don't remember if I talked about it. I did buy a bunch of 40K accessories, um, along with the Chaos Marine Codex um, the other day at, uh, when I was in uh, at uh, Games Universe uh, in Brookfield, which has a nice selection now. I think I mentioned yeah, that before. Yeah, they, they added it. I think they're doing some miniature game nights there, yep, actually. in there, so it's, it's good. But all I did was basically just pick up a bunch. I'm like, oh, I'll just grab some of those random stuff, like some of the cool dice and... Did. The um the I think Sylvaneth he had they had the cards for this my Sylvaneth Edge of Sigma Army. They had um the cards for the the Marines, the Space Marine tactical things. And I can't you know, I grabbed a and the skulls, oh that skull box that came oh, out yeah. of the three hundred different because you can never have enough skulls for forty right. K stuff, right? And Edge of Sigma, I guess, right? And that so I just grabbed them like, ah, whatever. Hundred eighty dollars later, <laughs> just I'm like whatever. Take it's, my money. Yeah, it's like I did see an interesting tweet from from a guy that's pretty involved in the Age of Sigmar um, community, and, and it, he basically said, "Just figured out what I spent on Games Workshop models this year," <laughs> and there was a few replies, and people were like, "Well." Do we include what we spend on tournaments and books and everything else? And the guys are like, this is just models and and one guy um, 
Ryan, Lord Barian is like, I'm not going to share my number. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of the boat I'm in right yeah. now. Um, yeah. You just try not to think about it. As long as you're buying what you like and you yeah. love it, like yeah. whatever yeah. it's, you also don't want to add up what you spend on beer every year either. So, I think. <laughs> um, so as if we need a reason to talk about uh, Kickstarter, there are some really cool things in coming to Kickstarter soon or recently added um, that we are keeping our eyes on and, and some of us may be looking to purchase. Mm-hmm. The, the first is Game Toppers LLC. Um, recently launched a Kickstarter uh, that will be running through the fall for their table toppers. In essence, they're playing surfaces with um, trays and beverage holders and whatever else that you can put right on top of your existing kitchen table or dining room table um, and, and get the effect of one of those gaming tables like the Duchess or um, some, we talked about Table of Ultimate Gaming um, last episode. But the table toppers uh, come in a number of different sizes. They have three foot by three foot, three foot by six foot, three by four, different size uh, play space, different customization options. Prices look uh, looks like the smallest tables around two hundred dollars, and some of the bigger ones get upwards of six, uh, six, seven hundred dollars. Which yeah. talking about you know close to a gaming table, yeah. but the the topper itself, um, other than having legs, has everything else you get with that gaming table. Just you can put it on top of, of something else. So worth checking out. Um, they have some pretty good uh, videos out there where they answer some questions from people, um, but it. Looks pretty good. the The only downside is they don't yeah. have a four. They foot don't by six have a four foot. by six. I was looking because I was also I watch a video and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I know Ty had mentioned it, and I'm like looking. Also, I'm like, oh, hold it. There's no four by six. And then I poked around a little bit, and yeah, it's. I think that's something they've heard a lot. Um, but I think they're just their current design. I think they have to really think hard about how to expand, how to expand it because it. Yeah. it because I think all their tables are basically you get two halves. Right. Of the topper, and then they, it's cool as they kind of have up, up like a puzzle piece, they kind of slip together with like a tongue and groove system in the middle. Sure. And then they, they kind of clamps on the, on the outsides, um, where the, the rails are. Um, and that makes that. So I don't know if there's, when you get a little large, is there, they, they worry about that. Maybe but it doesn't clamp as good. good or, but yeah. it's not like they're there. It's just, I don't think they, they, thought about it right away they didn't think i because part of it was i didn't think they didn't think how much um demand they would get at that size yeah but sure. it sounds like they've gotten a bunch so now they're trying to figure out okay how can we design for it yeah. right. um, and it's kind of cool like um like i think they're using extruded aluminum aluminum to kind of yeah. keep the weight down but still have something really strong and stiff cool to get there so it looks looks pretty cool yeah and, but like you said once you get up to the bigger stuff you're ready because i think like the six by three is like 750 bucks and so yeah. you're like the fully kitted out biggest yeah. table is is close to uh, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and at that um, point, you're kind of almost in the same ballpark as like again the the table right. ultimate gaming and things like that. So, right. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the smaller ones they, they look really cool. And again, from somebody who maybe doesn't have room for a permanent gaming table but wants that same feel when they have the gaming. Yeah, and I mean, you a, could a break this down. You and, think about it, you could store it behind mm-hmm. a couch. You could yep. store it in the, right. the back of a coat closet. I mean, doesn't it, take up as much space. Yep. Right. But you still get that same effect. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so once a week, you can bring it out, put it on your one table in the house and, and have a board game night. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So I think they're going to, yeah, it looks like they're going to do pretty well. I know they're already funded and they have a long way to go. Hopefully when this is out, there's still some time uh, available for that. So, yeah, check it out. Um, 
Troy, I know we frequently uh, in the past have talked about the guys from ModCube. They have some exciting news coming. Yeah, um, so ModCube, which are the customizable dice in that you put together, the, the first version, um, they announced that they're, I think, towards in December, they're going to do, they're doing a, a ModCube 2.0. Um, whereas the previous ones where were the the dice frame kind of came apart and you had the different faces that you basically assembled the die together and that was all custom. You can then, you know, have custom faces on it. Um, mod cube 2.0 is really more magnetic based. And I think you've seen there's some, uh, related to like they re- they did some toys with this, I think probably to test out some of the technology. So basically the faces, it'll be a lot easier to kind of, sh- I think to flip face, change faces on the dice and to have custom things. And it, uh, I think the dies themselves have a little, Looked like a, maybe a little smaller actual size because they don't need to kind of disassemble and reassemble. So sure. Um, so that's coming in uh, in December, and so we'll keep people up to date on that. But I think that'll be it looks pretty cool. And uh, again, the idea there is you kind of use you know kind of dice as tokens kind of thing. So you can create a, a custom die that has a bunch of different faces that you could use for you know Age of Sigmar, all your different kind of whether it's blessings or or uh, shields or damage or, you know, any kind of markings that you can use. It it's, um, kind of gives you a little more flexibility than having a whole bunch of tokens that you're, that, that are there. Sure. Um, and then they, probably a lot cheaper than some of those tokens that somebody might buy at <laughs> uh, <laughs> Adepticon. Uh, what did that, you know, that was episode, check out uh, episode like three, maybe yeah. uh, one or two and find uh, out about Ty's adventure with tokens. Ever. You know how many times I've used those since Adepticon? <laughs> how many? Zero? Zero. Oh. <laughs> Goose egg. Zero times. Every time I play, I just forget yeah. about them. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> one other new Kickstarter that uh, I want to touch on is a wet palette. So to those of you that have never painted miniatures, you're going to say, wet palette? What the hell is that? Um, in, in essence, it's a, it's a plastic tray or metal tray with a thin layer of foam that you can use parchment paper but these are specifically made for paint and it keeps paint from drying on your palette. So you can put a, a drop of paint down onto the, the palette and it, the wet portion is the water that's absorbed in the sponge that will seep a little bit through the, the, pa- the parchment paper top, creating you a palette that stays um, wet so you don't have to waste as much paint so it doesn't dry out while you're yeah. trying to yep. yeah that's whereas cool. right now i use a little plate as a palette a plastic palette and you yep. find that paint dries pretty quickly when exposed yep. to the air mm-hmm. um but a company out of paris um released a kickstarter for everlasting the best wet palette for miniature painting so their game company in france they decided to engineer this it's I mean, you can make your own for pennies on the dollar when you think about parchment paper, a sponge, and a little Tupperware plastic. But again, when you're doing it yourself, you know, you're not getting the right fit, the right cut. This looks like it's made just for the hobbyist. So the the average pledge amount is about 30 to $40. It's euros. Uh, it gets you 100 of the sheets of the, the paper, two of the foam pads, um, and a, a metal case that also has a a lid so it seals up and you could travel with it and not worry about it cool spilling everywhere but it looks really cool everlasting is the the name of the the wet palette i'll i'll be getting on board that one for upping my hobby game a little yeah, bit to look yeah i used to use one and then like a homemade one and yeah. then i just found it it was too much trouble and i just went back to be the duncan way i just have my little yeah my big plastic white 
palette and cover it with paint and when i'm all done they can just toss it right <laughs> i'm like whatever but it is amazing yeah it, you don't realize how fast the paint does dry when you don't have a wet palette out there it really it reduces your working time and if you're now a lot of times with citadel i'm not doing a whole lot of mixing on the palette of colors or anything like that but that's where you you know you don't have as much work time and things like that where right. a wet palette really can help because um, you don't want to mix a bunch of paint on your on your palette and then you go try and use it and it it's dry already now you got to do it more work you so gotta remix like, again. remix again yeah. and yeah. yeah hopefully you get the same mix yeah, and, yeah. yeah and if you paint really slow like me like i'm, I'm just a very slow <clears throat> painter it it helps because i'm not every model picking yep. up and going back to get more paint yeah and even uh, i want to make this a painting tutorial but <laughs> but even the same thing like if you're doing a lot of batch painting like okay i got 10 guys and i'm doing one color yeah you know you're like oh i put a bunch of paint down there's many times when you're like well i need to go back and you're like oh shoot it like it dried already on the palette and i have to go and get more paint so it does keep you from wasting a lot of paint and again if like we talked about when mixing it it does help. So it does, yeah. People that know what they're doing tend to use a wet palette. So Yeah. I figure after 15 years of painting miniatures, it might be time for me to step up my game. <laughs> um, and then another bit of feedback on a recent Kickstarter. Josh, I know we, we saw some commentary from the guys at the table of Ultimate Gaming. Did you want to touch on that for for everyone? Sure, yeah. Uh, so the feedback on... Um, we, we had kind of mentioned... Uh, they, they might be a product of their own success uh, um, because they were so successful and we weren't sure how many CNC machines they had and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, they reached out to us and said, hey, no, guys, we got this. Like, we're, <laughs> we're under control. So, uh, th- yeah, they have no concerns about meeting time frames and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, they have multiple machines and... Um, their their production is to a T, and they have everything kind of buttoned up. So, um, yeah, no concerns there. Um, yeah, and, and definitely, it looks like a great gaming table. Um, I, and and one of the con- you know, one of the things that the Duchess didn't have, and one of the things that uh, uh, the Game Toppers table doesn't have is the four by six, and and they offer that. And so, I think a lot of um, it, well, a lot of our listeners, you know, that do uh, tabletop gaming, miniature war gaming, mm-hmm. um, want that four by six, and you know, yeah. the table of ultimate gaming might be uh, a really great option yeah. if you're interested. In, yeah, in that. they they've definitely captured the ear of some of the yeah. um, the media that's out there. Like uh, Forge the Narrative has had them on to talk, and and they've gotten some um, some good buzz out there in the the war gaming community as well so yeah so and, and, and they uh and their kickstarter would just probably finished when this has come out um but it, yeah it looks like really they've done really well in mm-hmm. terms of that and that tables and the price point i think what's interesting because with cnc like we talked about what you're getting for that price is is a really it looks like it's gonna be a really really good table and the customizations like right those that is what really sold me like if you really wanted to go in and have the dragons on it or the different things that yeah they custom or it we will, could you know basically have, we could have them do the bod logo and put it on the table right yeah like yep. that, so and well and they they released some extra ones uh some of the the stretch goals uh mm-hmm. there was like a cthulhu one and there were some other like flame ones and stuff it, really great yeah. stuff so they yeah i think they knocked it out of the park so yeah i'm very excited to see uh some reviews on that one when, yeah when and they, they should and again even after the kickstarter that uh, i assume that that they'll be there and in production you might pay a little bit more than what was the kickstarter but 
um, I think hopefully they're a company that'll be around for a while and, and keep making this stuff. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then um, usually we don't have any other news, but there's just a couple of quick items in the the gaming uh, world at large that we want to touch on to to stay relevant and stay hip for all the, the, the millennials that listen. We're hip. We're with it. <laughs> so uh, Warhammer 40,000 just celebrated its 30th birthday, basically. Um, and there was a special edition of White Dwarf that released... White Dwarf being Games Workshop's hobby magazine that features all of their their games, Warhammer 40,000, Age of Sigmar, some of their specialty okay. game products as well. Um, there's some full art posters included, uh, some really great articles looking back at the history yeah. of, of 40K. Um, yeah, there's a, it's, I don't know, it's probably a dozen pages or so. Um, it was, it's really, really fun. Again, as someone I have been playing since kind of day one, uh, you know, John and Ben and I have been we're, have been playing since there, and have the first mod, you know, some of the first sets that came out and things like that. And um, yeah, the the section that they have that just kind of goes through all the different versions and years and and touches on different you know different races and how they evolved and and it's really good in terms of I they're giving a pretty honest look, not kind of a you know rose colored glasses. Rose glasses kind of thing. They sure. did take a pretty honest look at things and really hit a lot of different stuff. Um, was really cool and uh, what was funny it kind of inspired me to kind of go back into the bod archives and i grabbed a lot of the old uh, like boxes we i'd saved a lot of stuff in the archives of kind of the first stuff and i kind of created a little diorama of i had every starter set box except for some reason we couldn't find um the assault on black reach box i don't know for some reason that must turned into a paint tray or something Mm-mm. but that and then some of the old very first sets for the marines and like the old land raider box and things like that and put that and it was i was amazed at how many responses i got on twitter just throwing it out there um yeah it was, was kind of cool to see yeah so people even in a lot of people in england one guy i thought the best comment was he's like i like those boxes look like they're in better shape than the ones i just saw in warhammer uh, world yeah. what, I, <laughs> what i loved was uh somebody put out the meme of uh, indiana jones yeah. that belongs in a museum yeah right yeah. so that was just a really fun so you can you go check back kind of or middle of september back on kind of the bod twitter feed you can kind of see that that uh, thread and stuff like that so yeah it was just really fun to kind of 30 years of 40k um and to look back and see all where they've come and again 40k is bigger and better than ever now and it's amazing uh the stuff we're doing now, and but it's fun to look back every once in a while and see where it's come from and, and the decades that we've had playing with it. Speaking of how 40K is everywhere now, um, in, in the month of September, Audible uh, started having some of the Black Library um, Warhammer 40,000 fiction, which traditionally is very expensive <laughs> and available only from Black Library. Uh, they're audiobooks um, on Audible. So uh, and they plan on releasing more. They started with some of their shorter. Yeah, it looks uh, like they're novellas. sticking their toe in probably to kind of probably um, see what the, the what they're getting for it. And but the the rumors are that there will be more. And some of the the horse heresy stuff that we love, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it would be really cool to have that on on Audible. So yeah. and I don't think there are any actually horse heresy ones yet. What I saw no. was there was the some of Dan Abnett's um, uh, novellas. The, the Eisenhorn novels, the three Eisenhorn novels are there. And then the series with um, 
that 12 book series about the orcs that really takes place in like 10k right i think it takes place about 10,000 years after the heresy um that series is up there is pretty good and then some of the newer stuff i think chris rates the inquisitor um books i'm really interested in that that's probably the one i'm going to grab for sure although i may grab the eisenhower books just to reread those because <laughs> i haven't read those in in quite a few years and those are amazing so yeah yeah so it'll be great to see see how they play with that um because i don't again i don't know how much i i'm sure they want to get their cut of the pie and i think they probably don't you know they're not getting as much through amazon uh, it's right it's they're getting much of a cut of but a, yeah they're probably getting much more of a smaller percentage yeah. than that so you think about the exposure though on, on yep. audible and the right. casual sci-fi fan that may not yet be aware of black library and horse heresy novels i mean mm-hmm. there's some really great authors making some really great stories in a, a yep. rich rich world that that has tons of history and lore so yeah and, and this is following up because they did start this you're starting to see them on kindle too because you never saw them on kindle yep. you always saw the books on amazon hardcover or the softcover and hardcover books but um they just you know you're starting to see a few more on on, on as kindle versions um and now that they're coming on audible too i think it's just gonna yeah help explode expand that more and expose it to more people so yeah right well and there's and there's um there's a market that doesn't do any traditional reading like myself, but I will listen to an audiobook, right? So uh, you may see me uh, grabbing a few of these yeah. and, and talking the talk of uh, and they are Black a, Library. Yeah, and they are the production value on the Black Library audiobooks is amazing. Like the guys they have reading are all top notch. And that's awesome. I mean, and there's also a difference between like the audio dramas that, again, those aren't audible yet, but. The audible dramas too, where then they'll add some sound effects and multiple speak, you know, uh, narrators and things like that. Like it's really good. But even the plain books, um, some of those, the guy, all the the kind of standard narrators they have are amazing. And of course, they're all British too. I think so. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it adds a little flair, yeah. right? <laughs> so let's uh, let's take a quick break, um, freshen up our beverages, and when we come back, we're gonna argue discuss uh lecture about what five games we're going to save from the basement of death game library weather forecasts say we're going to get a lot of rain here at the basement of death library so much so that we might just sink to the bottom of the depths of the ocean where cthulhu rests if that happens and the library of the basement of death were to fall, we can only save five games. So we have each gone through our collections, our games that we love playing, and now we're going to discuss peacefully, friendly, hopefully, um, which games we think the basement of death should save from sinking to the bottom of, of the uh, the waters, along with the lost city of Atlantis. So, Josh, I'm going to give you the honor of presenting your first game Numero, to save. Numero uno. Oh, man. Um, I, I think just I have a long history with this game. Um, and I don't know how it exactly fits in. It's not a traditional board game. Do you think he's going to say Monopoly? No, I'm not going to say Monopoly. <laughs> Although that's uh, good. Pie in the face? <laughs> no, not pie in the face. 
So Magic the Gathering is a, is a game that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and I probably couldn't take all the cards with me. That's... You wouldn't be able to carry anything. No, else. yeah, there'd be there'd be a lot. That's so, so many shoe boxes. Um, heavy. What about what about just the uh, just the current competitive sets? Uh, so, are you gonna on the island? Because like there, cause there still might be pro tour. You could maybe get. Yeah, oh, it could yeah. be because you'll be homeless. You might need to find a job, and you could go on the Magic Pro Tour to support yourself. So if I'm on a desert island, <laughs> how am I going to get off? No, they come. They oh, they tour. come. They the come tour. Here. Yeah, yeah, they tour there. Oh. The yeah, library right. just sinks. Like yeah. we're we may have communication with the outside world. Right. Okay. So like a plane flies overhead and like drop they they like drop in. Yeah. yeah. Like for like a weekend, they set up a big tent. All these other people fly into the island. Player player unknown nice. Magic Battlegrounds. Yeah. Nice. And so they'll, they'll like drop a. a, a a cute or like a box of cards and i can crack packs and stuff um i know you'd bring your own cards oh damn it (laughs) so okay so magic the gathering (laughs) yeah that would be so if if i can't bring all the cards or you know whatever i would craft some sort of awesome draft cube or something like a ton of as many cards as i could carry onto this island so can i ask because i haven't done a lot of i understand kind of what like a draft cube is sure but how many? So, if you made a cool draft cube, how many how cards? Re, how many cards and how replayable would you think that it's like? How many? If you, you know, how many times would you maybe would you think it would still be fun to play out of that cube? Yeah. yeah so, uh, you you want to make a draft cube for eight players, forty cards each, and then have some variation. So you want to add m- more cards than that. Um, so, I mean, you're you're talking about a, a good amount of cards. Um, three hundred twenty. Yeah, right. Plus, right. So, Plus. yeah, typically a, a draft cube is like four hundred cards or five hundred cards, or okay. Um, so that you get some variation game to game. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I would probably make a bigger draft cube. So if I'm on an island, you know, maybe a thousand <laughs> cards, because yeah. Um, then you're not getting as he's much. He's pushing it. I am pushing it. Yes, <laughs> but I mean it's a big, a big it's a deck big box. box. Yeah. It's a big deck box. Yeah. I could carry that. Uh, what, if, what if I said, Josh, we're going to limit you to two decks, sixty oh, card, man. two sixty card decks? Would you still oh. argue that Magic: The Gathering should be the game that gets saved? Oh, that's two rough. decks. That's it. That's rough. I so maybe like two really good dual decks. Okay. Um, You're still doing it? You love magic that much? Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I yep. I would okay. have to say yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'd, I'd miss it too much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say yes. Couldn't uh, couldn't scratch that junky itch of most magic players. If you no, left it so. Okay. Interesting. Troy, gonna going to send this one over to you. What's uh, what's the first game you want to bring? Um, bring along. Save it. Um. So, in order to save it, I would actually have to go buy it because it's kind of funny. A couple of games on my list, it really made me think about games that I've kind of had my wish list that I'm like, oh, I really would love to have these. Um, but I'm going to say Mansions of Madness, the second edition. Oh wow! Um, again, as I went, one of my criteria was what games am I having like the most fun playing lately? Okay. Um, and I just feel like the experience of Mansions of Madness has been just so much fun, and the storytelling and. Uh, kind of the the tension and how deeply integrated with the app. Is, yeah, is right. It. I was going to ask the same what? thing. There's internet on our island. 
Oh, is there? Oh, oh. oh we, got, we have Wi-Fi? All yeah, right. we have Wi-Fi. We have, we have Wi-Fi oh. after, after yeah. the library is destroyed. Mm-hmm. We're changing yeah. the rules here. No, okay. there's no change. Just make up <laughs> the rules as you go is how this works. Our <laughs> disaster scenario is evolving. Yeah, it's right. not your life. It's not like... And that's not like civilization went away. It's just you only have five games. Our okay. library got right. destroyed. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we need to. So you're bringing Mansions of Madness Second yep. Edition. Second Edition. So I, because I you can have an app. Right. Okay. Right. We have the app. Because I don't think you need to. I don't even need internet. I think I just need the app. Okay. Right to get there. And if, if people right Mansions of Madness is Cthulhu, um, competitive or a cooperative game. Um, somewhat cooperative, kind of, kind of the Arkham Horror, Arkham Horror, yeah, mm-hmm. um, world, right? But you basically play against like all the creatures, and the story all gets driven by this app, which is really cool. Um, and I never played the first edition, but people said the first edition was really clunky because you had like you had cards and things to flip out and things like that. And um, the second edition with the app really streamlines it, and it's just really it very much engrossing. Um, and the and they're even adding new stuff to the app just to add new stories. You can buy like DLC stuff or the board game, which is really kind of funny. Cool um, to get new things. But um, and the app kind of does the variability, right? Right, so, and the variability. And you yeah. can even add like I know people that have expansions. You just tell the app, "Well, I have this expansion," and then it. So you can play like the same scenario, but if you tell it you have different things, it'll actually it'll change it. Different enemies, different, different enemies, puzzles, yeah, and stuff yeah. like. And people. So there's a lot of replayability too. That was the other thing I was thinking about is what things I have fun with. And what things would I want to play maybe multiple times okay. if I only had five? So I highly recommend. And I, I don't own it yet um, because other people own it, so I've played it with them. But it, So if I was going to save it, I'd have to go to the store to save it first. But. <laughs> we'll, we'll pretend it's on yeah. a very high shelf um, in the library. Okay. So, Ty, what's yours? Uh, okay, I'm going to go to a standby game. Uh, don't get to play it often because of the time investment. But I would definitely save Twilight Imperium. Um, classic Space fourth edition? 4X. Haven't played 4th, so I don't know. I mean, I, I live and breathe 3rd, which has been the edition of the game that's been out for quite some time. Um, but that game is is one of the most fun gaming experiences that I've had when I play it with my brother, or Josh has played with us. Mm-hmm. Just be, because the, it forces you to make very difficult choices about who you're going to temporarily ally with, who you're going to attack. Are you going to turtle up and be very defensive? Are you going to go which path to victory? There's a, there's a lot of different ways to win. It's the classic 4X. You can explore um, unknown space, go to war. You know, I mean, there's a trade kind of a, a economy there that takes place. Um, so that game is just so fun so deep i i want to check out fourth edition before buying it i don't know mm-hmm. that i need another big box <laughs> uh, game that sits on your shelf that right? sits yeah. there and gets played maybe once every two years but on the island we have lots of time well so we keep talking about are we we're going to a desert island i don't know okay. sure yeah so the library is going to destroy it and we're going to be on an island well, yeah because <laughs> this, well, this matters here's why this matters flood. here's why the, well, yeah, it's a flood. So it could be that it just we got turned into an island because there's okay. a flood. It's like okay. Waterworld. I just here's why Santorini. I want to here's why I want to qualify. <laughs> uh, 
who who's on this island with us? You said Josh was going to have magic. Yeah, you can have people come in. in. You can have lots of people okay. come in. It's just, okay. Yeah, you just can't. You're just stuck. You just there. Can't leave. Then yeah, I, you just can't leave when you have your five games. Then I stand. <laughs> I stand by Twilight Imperium because I need to make sure my brother is able to come and play it. Sure. Yeah. If it's going to mm-hmm. be one of the last yeah. games left. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, it does require three players. So, you know, there would need to be three people on my island at any mm-hmm. given time, but. Mm-hmm. It's that good of a game, Twilight Imperium. Yeah, there's tourism. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's do this reverse reverse snake draft. Yeah, um, you, you go next. I'm I'm also going to bring Scythe, mm-hmm. a newer game, but nice. we've had a lot of fun playing it. Yep. it. It's a high player count game. It works up uh, with. Now, here's another question: Do I get to bring the uh, Travelers from Afar expansion? Yeah, if you can kind of stick it in the box. I have it all in one box. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. Yeah. Condensed yeah, sure. in yeah. one box. So Scythe is, we've, we've talked about it in prior episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, there's some combat, there's some worker placement. Um, it's a very kind of strategic, tactical game. There's a lot of moving parts to it, but it um, it flows very well. I recommend not being drunk when you start a game mm-hmm. at one in the morning. Um, <laughs> but Scythe is definitely going to be one of the games I save. Yeah. So I have two big box games. Mm-hmm. Like the footprint of what I'm saving is is pretty big right now. Um, but I'll, I'll try to work on that later with some small, clever, stuff. tricky, sneaky saves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Troy. All right, so Scythe almost made my list. Ooh. But... It was it was interesting. What edged is, it out? Is it didn't even edge it out. It was an easy pick. Is Kemet? Oh wow! Is when I looked down the list and I went there. I'm like, would I bring? It was an easy again. Just for me, it was an easy choice. Like, no, I would probably bring Kemet over Scythe. And so I picked because I was looking for one meaty game. Like, what would be my meaty game? Right. Uh, kind of that battle, both, really competitive. Right. Um, both very good. Yeah, both kind of in that it, same. Genre. What was interesting is just yeah, is it you know it's kind of my gut. My gut said Kemet um, sure. when I did it. So that's what on it. So Kemet is if you're. Not familiar with that one. What did you call it? Ancient Egypt Ancient kind of Egypt, Egypt kind yeah. of thing. The mythology of um, that that time period, the gods and their influence on right uh, and, on and it's uh, area like area, area control, control. Um, but it's really those all the different powers and things that you can buy, the cards and the combinations and the yeah you, the you lot scale, of variability. You scale up your your power by yeah. advancing three different tracks, and you're building the pyramids and the cool pyramid dice. Um, mm-hmm. four-sided uh, pyramid dice that you're putting out for different points and something so it's got some aesthetic things so yeah i mean again this is another one that i would have to go buy to actually save it um well i think but, of our collective library right, to get there yeah, but yeah, yeah Kemet, what it, it gets again super strong um and that's kind of would fill that kind of that niche that i think scythe is on your list right it was, is that kind of really competitive meaty uh meaty game all right josh um, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Splendor, Ooh, okay. um, and and really the I, I don't know it 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 kind of tickles a part of my brain um, when we play it that it, like the theme doesn't matter to me right <laughs> I, I mean you're a gem crafter you're like kind of but are that you, doesn't are you telling me you don't like ju- jewelry well I mean the theme is very is minimal if, if to you the like game. it you should yeah. put a ring on it. For sure, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, the theme could be could have been anything. Mm-hmm. It's really just sort of set collection and and, and making the different um, 
I don't know, cards. Combinations like, to yep. collect the, the cards with the point values. Right, and, and trying to... It's set collection, but tokens rather than right. like yep. hand management or cards. Right, and it's a little bit screw your neighbor, a little bit like just trying to block people and... Um, I don't know. It's trying to think two steps ahead and also trying to figure out what other people are doing. It just tickles a very awesome part of my brain that I'm like trying to figure out exactly what's going on with yeah. everyone. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I tend to agree with this one because if you don't want to play Splendor, you can use the tokens to play poker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So yeah. it's a dual purpose. Um, yeah. And it is, I mean, it's the, it, I think what you're saying that is this, it's a problem. It feels like it's a problem solving game, right? right? It's like you're looking at each turn, you're kind of solving another problem. Like, how do I, I need these many resources, but right. Josh keeps taking my damn blue card. You how know, dare and, he? Right. And to get through that. And, but yeah, and the theme is, yeah, like you said, unless you really think about it, you, at least I look at it and then I kind of forget about the theme and I'm just right. trying to solve the puzzle. Like, how many blues, how many greens do I need? Um, but the components are really, like solid, I think that helps too. Is like you said, the poker chips are yeah, they're nice, nice and, and weighty. big and weighty, and I think yeah. that helps. Um, it would I don't know if we'd have as much fun if it was kind of chintzy plastic, right? And the cards else. are you know decent, yeah. decent weight, and yeah. yeah. And I know I don't know. Have, did anybody get any airtime with the expansion that came out yet? I think uh, it, it adds five, five or six different components or ways to play, different cards, um, different ways to win. Expands yeah. the player count, I think. Yeah. I was like, can you go five? That, that could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. honestly okay with as is. I'm like, the same way. I don't know that I need the expansion. Right. I, yeah. I, I did watch a demo at Gen Con, but as I, I think I was talking to Neil, I'm like, I don't remember anything about the demo, which means it probably wasn't, there was nothing that jumped out at me like, oh man, I really need this. But yeah. Right. Um, but because we love Splendor so much, I think it'd be, somebody's going to get it and we'll probably try it at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. And it honestly plays pretty quick too. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not. It's not a super long game. I think it, there, there's enough there that you know plays maybe an hour. Um, yeah, I mean, if maybe, that, right? Yeah, you can get through a game in 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, people right. know what they're people doing. People know the game, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a fun game. So, all right, um, all right. Circle us back, Josh. Oh, Josh. oh coming it's back, double up, double oh. turn. Um, I think this may be on somebody else's list, but uh, Zombicide Black Plague is definitely. A game that I really like, and we busted it out at uh, board games and beverages. Uh, very fun game. What? What? It, okay. Yeah. You're limited though to just the Zombie Side Black Plague base box. None of the stretch goals. None of your 3D tiles. You're bringing just the base. Totally Drake and Nelly Samson. I'm okay with this, Troy. You're you're shaking your head. No, because I have everything in the same in one box. Everything. Oh, I have I have three D doors. I have okay. extra. I I have a custom box that I rebuilt that lets me get all my Kickstarter regular zombies See, in plus zombies. extra plus extra painted zombies. Oh, okay. So this plus is game extra changer. heroes yeah. like that. So I think whatever I my rules are that I can bring my box which has. Extra stuff. So I would steal Troy's box, and yeah. I'm and, <laughs> I'm picturing that Troy has built an ark uh-huh. for for his board game, so he just is going to throw in everything, right, and right. sail off and be like, "Screw you guys! It's just me and my games." Um, if if Troy didn't give it away, there, Zombie Side Black Plague is also on his list. Yes, yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, and, and you know it's action point 
um, killing zombies, um, you know, minor leveling up and getting yeah, different mean, skills. And, and Black Plague is where the zombie side guys hit hit their stride. The for developers sure. after three or four base zombie side games did right. Black Plague fix some of the stuff that was not broken, just mm-hmm. made the game less exciting, mm-hmm. less interactive. Um, yeah, yeah. They it, zombie side itself was fun, and then. They just tweaked some things and put it in a fantasy realm, and Black Plague yeah. just they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So. And it's again a lot of the what was on like when I went through my list, I was looking at what games are am I having fun playing and are hitting the table a lot. Um, and this is one that kind of hit that one. Like right, right now, that's kind of our default. Like oh look, we got especially a high player count. Right, right. We talked about we played seven at the Stillery the other night. Um, six, you can easily play six. Um, a lot of times, big group. Okay, hey, default. Let's throw Black Plague out, and right, and we always have fun with it, and and you can be pretty casual with it too, which is fun. Which you know, so right, and you can do scenarios from the book. You can yeah. create your own. You can kind of mix and match. Right. So yeah, no, totally fun. So, what if you can only bring the French rule book that they shipped with oh, the first boy. Kickstarter? <laughs> you don't. We don't even need the rule book anymore. Yeah. That's what I, I noticed. Yeah, Did you notice? I noticed that at Distillery, like we never. I don't think we have all. Like especially all the characters that we know, we know all their yeah their okay. um, powers right. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to throw a wrench in the in the gears here because I, I don't actually have an English rule book. <laughs> and I tried to bone up on all the rules before Nexus, so I have most right. of them in my brain. Yeah. So yeah, all right, all right, you guys, you guys got it. I'll so I'll allow that. Yeah, the rule book <laughs> fell into the puddle. We lost it. We're okay. Oh, We're okay. still good. I'll I'll allow it. That Thanks. passes. It passes the sniff test. <laughs> Zombies get it. Sniff. Um, right. back to you, or yeah. So I, I guess Troy, that would cover another game on your list as well. Yep. Um, but I can I can jump here. And yeah, I'll yeah. throw another one in here. Um, so kind of again, as I was looking at kind of classics, um, and uh, again higher things that work also at different player count. I I kind of I threw Seven Wonders on here with, and again. My caveat will be with expansions because I have them all in one box. <laughs> so I was able to, like, I can take my this. my my one box because I think I have, like, the uh, broken token um, uh-huh. insert to get everything in there. The, box, weigh, the box weighs, like, 15 pounds because <laughs> it has wooden inside of it. Um, but Seven Wonders, yeah, it, it, again, something that's kind of a default. Like, hey, do you want it? Let's play this. Everybody kind of has fun. That was on my um, short list too. It to wasn't that. on my five, but it was definitely. Yeah. And, on my and I will put the caveat seven. that I think with the the expansions you have, you you can add a lot of variability and add some different rules and things like that that would give it some more legs. Because I think it, you could get kind of tired of just playing regular base seven wonders, but sure. Um, again, you throw a couple of expansions. And what's cool is like you can just throw one piece of one expansion in to add some variability, or throw a couple of them in right to get through that and. Uh, and again, I'd like that one too. Is it, it? It's a little bit of the puzzle solving. Like, okay, how am I going to score points? And right. And how to? And a little bit of making sure. A little bit like Splendor, right? Like how, what's the other? What's somebody else's strategy is? Because you can't just mm-hmm. completely right. operate solo. Like, what am I doing? Trying to figure out what other folks are doing. You can't let somebody else run wild with certain. You know, if somebody's collecting certain types, you need to counter that in some way. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. So, uh, and that's really a. I mean, I hope everybody's played some wonders, but it's really card drafting, right? It's all yeah. about. You get cards and you take one and pass it around and then you play those cards to, and to create different sets that score you points at the end. Um, 
And if then, you haven't played Seven Wonders, reach out to us and we'll play yeah. with you. <laughs> um, and and I'll, I'll throw the caveat in there. If if it's you and one other player on this island, mm. and if it's just two, Seven Wonders duels. Yeah, just bring that, duels. Yeah, just bring duels and you're fine. Yeah, um, and that's amazing. I mean, it's <clears throat> like Seven Wonders, but not. Right. And, and it might be a, actually be a better game than Seven Wonders. Right. Um, uh, if there's so multiple it, people, yeah. Seven Wonders is great. Yeah, if it's I, just you and one other person, Duels is bring almost Seven better. Wonders Duels. Yep. It's some, yeah. yeah, it's really amazing. Right, right. Yep. I would allow Duels. I would not allow Seven Wonders on oh. on my boat, my getaway boat. Oh wow! All right. It would be if so. So if we get one hard veto, that's that's my why, not happening. Why are you all? Oh, wow. uh, why are you up against Seven Wonders? Wow, that was on my short list. Yeah. Um, it's played out. Too much. I don't need more mm. of it. We we have played it oh, quite a bit. I look. Yeah. It, it's kind of like how Settlers at Catan became. It's, like, it's it, not there for me yet. I can understand because yeah, I'm the way with Settlers. Like, I don't need to play Settlers anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but some wonders. And again, with I'm going to say with expansions because I I think the base game. Yeah, I don't need I'll, to play. I'll the play base Duel. Game. I'll play uh, Seven Wonders Duel all, right. all day. All right. All right. Done. We'll let you. We'll do that. All right. All right. All so right. this one may not make our total five. Or. <laughs> The final five. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to bring a single book. I will not bring all of the books, ah, like this book. but I'm bringing a hardcover book. Mm-hmm. It's about 300 pages, and it uh, it is Dungeons and Dragons, the fifth edition player's handbook that nice. came out. Mm-hmm. The nice. core the core rules, um, because that's all you need for an endless world of fun. The Monsters Manual, I mean, would be a nice to have. I, I think you, you could you can you, you can sneak figure that, it out. Yep. Sneak and there's enough too. in the 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 beast cherry in the back yep, of the sure. player's handbook that you guys can kill skeletons and zombies. Yep. I mean, if it's just one Whatever. book, I think you could sneak on the Monsters Manual too. I'll, I'll let it. I'll yeah, let I mean, it, yeah. you know, so so Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, which I think is my favorite edition from how they've mm-hmm. how they've maneuvered the game mechanics and um and, and what they've done with it. Uh, hours and hours and hours of fun can be had from a role-playing game. Um, I think sometimes we get stuck in that mindset of board games, card mm-hmm. games. It's just as important uh, to, to recognize that a role-playing game would be worth saving mm-hmm. from from the library. Yep. We'll let you do that. Yes. We even bring the set of books. Wrap, wrap, wrap yeah. a band around them. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you could bring... Yeah, I mean, they fit in books. one backpack. Yeah, right. You don't even need dice. We could mm. we could um we could roll coconuts and write scratch numbers on the side. I have my phone. <laughs> oh you have your phone. We have dice rolling apps, yeah. That's yeah, right. we have We're dice good. rolling apps. We have, on the, we have right next right? to the Mansions of Madness app. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Because on the Mansions of Madness app, right, and you can just roll dice. some dice. Yeah. So. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So I we'll, we'll, give, we'll give you a bag of dice. I don't too. even need to bring my Tito's vodka dice bag. <laughs> Are we back to me? Yeah, how about you hit us with uh, with another one? All right. Um, I will say, uh, to add a little bit of Euro action, it, it kind of light Euro, I guess, uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Mm. Um, it's it's not super crunchy, but th- there's enough Work, there. Worker mm-hmm. placement. Mm-hmm. Worker placement, yeah. Victory point. Uh. Right. Um, and it's, you know, that, that D&D thing theme-ish, you know, and... Yeah, the, the theme's pretty good. It yeah. focuses on the city of Waterdeep and the Forgotten Realms. Right, and it still has that, uh, you know, figuring out where folks are going and, and, and yeah. place, you know, worker placement and... Denial, you can deny somebody placement and right. limited, limited selection. Um, and it's and it's Euro-ish, but 
Troy will still play it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 was sort of my uh, my barometer there. Um, I I think it's fun. Uh, there's I think there's a couple expansions for it as well. And if I can fit them in the box, I'll put those. In there uh, as yes, well. you can. All right, cool. Because in my version, yeah, it has, the, it has the expansion Fantastic. in the same box <laughs> with a broken token insert. So and it weighs again weighs like twelve pounds. There we go. But and if yeah. I can fit the uh, the meeples from. Uh, uh, meeple source. I, I have those two. You there you go. You so you can just take my. Yeah, in there if you well. take the one from this the is, basement this of is, death, this is a near apocalypse survival <laughs> operation. We we need to. We're think waiting. Well, no, hold on. We're waiting on my order from Meeple Source to come in before the <laughs> apocalypse hits. We need to yeah. think tactically about what games we're saving. <laughs> that it's all in one box. It's, it's got a box. small yeah. form factor. It fits in a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in time, our Lords of Water. Deep was on my uh, my short list too. Awesome. So All right. Good deal. That was, good deal. It was that was t- I just couldn't fit it in the five. Uh huh. But now that Ty vetoed Seven Wonders, I guess I have room. Lords <laughs> so, of Waterdeep yeah, goes, yeah, water go. goes in that one. I'm so. a little concerned that I blew my veto early yeah. too. <laughs> All right. Uh, who, um, we, who we two? So what I have left is, um, and again, as I went games that were just that hit the table a lot, and we play is I put Ticket to Ride Europe. You need um, the train stations. Yes, because yeah. I th- and mm-hmm. and it's funny. Like I picked that on my gut, and then I went on the board game geek, and out of all the Ticket to Rides, Ticket to Ride Europe is the highest ranked of all the Ticket to Ride games. It's I think the base one is a little bit is yeah. the second one, and then or actually I think it might be Nordic, Nordic one has map because I think that adds some other different rules to it. But um, yeah, Europe just adds a couple different tweaks that um, make the game a little bit better than yeah. the base, right? Than the base. Um, and again, we play. We end up playing that a lot of times. It's pretty family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're whatever twelve plus, you can probably play it in at a certain at a decent level and, and be competitive. Um, and it's kind of fun. And it, it actually, it is. It's a lot of fun to kind of get in and really try and be competitive because you're if you're playing with a couple other people, maybe at the table that are really trying to work, then you can you know, uh, it can really kind of get competitive. Or if you're playing with like Ashton, my nephew, who's going to just his whole strategy is just to screw you you know he's yeah he's not trying to win he's just trying to make sure you don't win yeah Yeah. which again europe helps that because the train stations let you kind of work around uh somebody who's being a total dick so (laughs) (laughs) all right um okay uh so along the the lines of kind of i think staple board games and and strategy games um that we want to we want to bring carcassonne is one Mm -hmm. that um, tile placement. You're building a, a medieval city, um, and it's very adversarial. <laughs> you're you're mm-hmm. taking spots from people. You're you're blocking things, and um, but it doesn't feel adversarial. Yeah, you're you're all building this map right. and placing farmers, and you, so you have the meeples <laughs> to place on <laughs> to score points ultimately, and it can get very very. Um, contentious mm-hmm. when you're you're placing a tile in a spot somebody else wanted yep those damn um farmers i just don't understand those farmers yeah <laughs> well and they can they can kind of make or break a game you know so i'm gonna bring carcassonne farmers robbers cathedrals castles a uh, really fun game that no matter how many times i play Every time you play it, it goes slight, a slightly different way. Uh, there's so much variety to the way the tiles are played 
There's the river expand, multiple expansions yeah. that could all fit in the box if needed. <laughs> uh, but Carcassonne would be on my list of games to save. Awesome. So, Troy, I think you've played all of your cases. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yep. I know you have. You did ultra honorable mentions. mentions in case we had duplicates, but <laughs> I, I think the only one I would throw out from there is Dead of Winter. That that was one that was so hard not to yeah. put on my list. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's tough, but yeah. when you're saving only five games mm-hmm. from a vast library some some hard choices are made like yep. i i had to make the choice that i can't save age of sigmar mm. yeah yeah I, I can't bring all the miniatures and it's not possible yeah well the six by four table is hard well i mean you could draw in the sand and yeah. oh, make a sand true pills. sand table oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, that'd be good table. so we can Maybe. play we can play skirmish yeah <laughs> yeah that that's okay yep i can fit those in my pocket yep so that just gets in for free. <laughs> um, Josh, I, I know what's on your list. I've already blown my veto. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I know you saved this game just because. I did. I wanted you to blow your veto. Yeah. Um, Star Wars X-Wing. No. Oh, no. You already blew your veto. No, no, no. If I say no many times. No. But what would you bring? So yeah, I guess that it kind of falls in the same realm as as the 40k game, yeah. and Age of Sigmar, which, which we kind of already vetoed. I've but. raised my arms in exultation. Yeah, I'm so yeah. happy that you can't bring a miniature game. It's true. Uh, yeah, that's hard. Unless you say it is the most basic rock paper scissors miniature game that's ever been created. So here's no. the thing: it's on Board Game Geek. And forty K I don't think forty K or Sigmar is on No, they are. They are, are they? they are. Yeah. Yep. Oh, all right. Well then never mind. Good try. That, that was gonna be my yeah, all right. That was gonna be ace my ace in the hole. You know what else is probably on board game geek though? What's that? Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> that one you know <laughs> it's it's still a good game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ty's opinion aside. Yeah. yeah. I think X Wing there's a yeah, there's a lot of of stuff you could do there and it does have a smaller footprint and you could but i think the trick would be like what like what would you bring for ships like there's so many different ships and right and part of the again like a miniature game a lot of the the fun of it is building different lists and trying them out and and doing things now that that said that's kind of competitive there is a lot of um campaign play that -hmm. you can you know a narrative play that that they have and scenario driven that's kind of fun. Um, the one thing I've talked about too is even the the cooperative uh, Heroes of Turi cluster. Yeah, um, and that could be again definitely a finite set of ships and things like that. And that's a, that's a blast to play with the group as a competitive game. Ty's never played it, so he can't. He's shaking his head, but he's never played it. So it it is it is a lot of fun. It's like whatever um, you could fit in a small Tupperware. Like that. Right? So I I, I think yeah. you could you could find some a set of something that would that would play right for sure. There, so. And you know they're they're pre-painted and they're all done for mm-hmm. you and there's cards and there's so whatever you could fit in a small Tupperware and you know maybe, maybe roll up a, a small mat uh, you know like a star mat or something. Mm-hmm. All right, Ty, you're gonna finish us off. Finish us off, Ty. Yeah. So so this game has created some of my favorite moments and most fun in playing it ever. 
and that is Fiasco, mm-hmm. the storytelling improv game from uh, Bully Pulpit Games. It's a book. Uh, mm-hmm. It has you know a very simple mechanic, but it's a storytelling game, a collaborative storytelling game in which the group takes on roles of, of different characters in a place that a setting has needs, places, objects, and then midway through there's a tilt that changes everything and throws everything up in the air. Um, and, and then you're assigning dice out for how scenes, each player gets to set a scene or uh, complete a scene and take part in it. So um, it needs a group that's willing to buy into the improv experience and the, the storytelling element because it's not going to be a board in front of you. It's simply... Right. The scenario is created and driven by the players at the table. Um, it's but improv, it, role playing kind of yeah. game. Well, it, yeah, it's got to be into that, and it's uh, a GMless. Right, right. I think that's right. the way to think about it. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of these uh, kind of indie indie role playing games that yeah, doesn't there, have need a GM. No, no skill checks. There's no. You're not. Mm-hmm. It's. It's how you want the story to go and how the group kind of leads the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what I found in playing it is it takes very little discussion beforehand. You set a scene, the first player really starts driving the action, and then people feed off what happens. Yep. And um, the, the laughter, the just the moments, I, I think yep. back to uh, <laughs> some of the, the ones we've done and, and how much fun it is um, where... I couldn't imagine not having fiasco no. with me. I, I'll, you know what? I didn't even think about fiasco, um, and I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, that definitely would would be on my list mm-hmm. if I rewrote this list because fiasco is fantastic. Uh, yeah, the fiasco book, maybe an iPad with some of the extra stuff on the internet, right? And and some dice and maybe a couple pages of paper so we could uh, uh, yep. write Although some notes would, and things. I would even argue you, we we probably at this point wouldn't even need the fiasco book. I feel like we could yeah, sit that's down. True. That's true. With mm-hmm. the, with a handful of rocks and uh, <laughs> we could we could create a playset. Basically, the playset is kind of the initial it like sets I was the theme. It the gives sets you. that you know what's right. the theme and what are the different characters and what's the relationships between the characters as you create the characters. Um, and then kind of that twist. Um, but you can, I mean, there's a lot of preset things that you mm-hmm. can go through, give you ideas, but there's nothing to say you can't just create your own with kind of the guidelines and then sit mm-hmm. down. But yeah, fiasco would be a great thing. And again, I think a lot of replayability and, For um, sure. the both stuff. and then, and they all end with some building burning down, at least something usually. crazy. Happens, yeah, yeah. Like that. And that's Yeah. Somebody always does something you don't think they're going to do. And then it, <laughs> Well, it's always fun to play Fiasco with someone who's never played it before and just kind of watch them kind of figure the game mm-hmm. out as it goes mm-hmm. and then kind of start to build and jump into it and, like, really get into it. And, yeah, it, like, yeah it's always fun to see somebody's eyes kind of light up and go, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're bringing my five games. That's great. Uh, <laughs> after after the episode drops, um, definitely we'll get something out on Twitter for you to share your your thoughts and what you know yeah. what your five games are that you're going to save from your own library. Um, I think it's just a fun exercise to think about our collection, think about the the times and the experiences that that we spent playing games and what those games mean to us, and, and kind of a you know there was a little bit of nostalgia as I thought about what what I wanted mm-hmm. to bring and, and the experiences that those games had. Yeah. So 
um, definitely it's, it's a fun kind of exercise to go through with your own game group or, you know, your own, your own game library. Um, and it actually, I was, I was inspired by that by, I think somebody I saw on Twitter said, you know, you can bring five games, what are you bringing? And they'd had to rattle it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it's just, it's a cool concept. Um, but, uh, with that being said, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to play it or slay it with a app. Just when you thought Games Workshop was done giving us fantastic (laughs) things, they gave us an app. This app I'd like to present for Play It or Slay It. Although it is not a game, I would like to argue that you should be downloading this or leave it in the app store and Mm -hmm. don't download it. That's, That's kind of the choice here. So the Play It is really download it like our show you should always download our show Mm -hmm. um or slay it where you don't download it unlike our show which you always download Mm -hmm. so games workshop released a app that is all about painting miniatures it is the citadel which is their brand of paint citadel paint app uh the app interface is is broken up into a few sections getting started explains basics of how to use their their paint line has a paint by color in which you can really match colors and understand which of their paints that is. Um, paint by miniature, so anything they've done tutorials on in their product line, there's many options and many different color variations where they go step by step through what your base paint should be, um, what your layer paint should be, how you should highlight it, what you should use as a wash or a shade, uh, and they show how that color is built up. They then have a section about painting bases, so each miniature has a, a circular or potentially oval, if it's cavalry, bikes, whatever, uh, base. So how to use some of their different texture paints or um, technical paints to get the look of Arctic Tundra or a, like a toxic swamp, um, and they show you how, how to do that. Then, because it is for product, it has an inventory and wish list in which you can track what you wish to purchase or what you need as you go through the app. You can basically, I think it links to the store ultimately, perhaps for a a cart. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, Um, but you can check inventory, add what you have. For someone who frequently paints uh, miniatures, it's not just Games Workshop miniatures. The color schemes and the look of it, you could say, hey, I'm painting my zombies for zombie side, the modern zombie side. How do I get this look? Flesh tone or the cloth, the canvas, whatever it is. And, and you can go and find an example, and it gives you a, a recipe, in essence, to get that look and get that color. Um, it also helps uh, I, myself. We frequently joke about being colorblind, red-green colorblind. Uh, it helps me uh, understand the color matching and what the the app um, was released to further their product line and engage their their fan base with um, some tips and techniques and I I would imagine eventually they may link to tutorials or other videos mm-hmm. and expand what what is on the app but right now as it as it stands it's a very useful tool as as you're painting or working to be able to pull it up and quick and see okay what what should I do here rather than experimenting on your own or um, 
or, you know, doing test models or watching. Or, or fumbling through. Yeah. Like in fact, it was usually like, oh, I know I saw that in a white dwarf, and a, which are amazing. Like the white dwarves are amazing in terms of resources for painting stuff, but there's not a good index. Like, oh, I know I saw that marina and whatever, what issue was it and stumbling through to find it or something like that uh, or bookmarking stuff. Um, and that's what I was, oh, I shouldn't tip my hat on where I feel in the app, but um <laughs> I was, you know, very surpri- happy and, and surprised a little bit about the amount of utility to this thing um, that I thought, oh, it's going to be something just to kind of inventory your paints and, and sell more paint. That's kind of the minimum thing of it. Um, the amount of effort they put in, yeah, around all the different painting techniques and colors and things like that. And the one thing you didn't mention, Ty, is on the the paint by color, the camera integration. So yes, I can do, yes. and I was just doing this when I got the app for the whole day is you can basically with your camera point it at any color point at it. And then the app will kind of give you the recipe of what paints to use to get that, that similar color to what you, you yes, took the, a picture of somewhere mentioned. in the real world, um, which is huge. Cause that's where I struggle with that. Again, I have certain color blindness too. So it's hard to like, see a color and then figure out what colors do I need to use to get that same color because I'm not, you know, I don't have all the same, uh, I can't see as many shades of different things. The to make cones sure and I'm rods in your the eyes. Cone, those yeah. cones and rods. <laughs> you um, know what? We, mostly the cones. Those we are gotta the color get, part. We got to get that in Chroma company to, to send Sponsor. us some of those anti-colorblind glasses. Yeah. Yep. So we'll, we'll reach out and see. Maybe they'll... Yep. I was doing. It's funny you say that because I was on their on their website poking around uh, and looking and see what the options were. But yeah, there's they're not they're not cheap. And then if you want prescription on top of it, like you can you could easily build yourself uh, like a twelve hundred dollar pair of glasses. Um, Pretty cool. But I think it would be amazing just to see how how they what what the real world like me yeah how josh (laughs) sees the world so other than in chroma glasses which we are not playing or slaying Uh the citadel paint app i think that's a that's a kind of view into it um if you're interested it is on the the apple uh, app store i don't know what others because i i have an iphone so i'm not sure if it's out there on uh google play or the, the android market but I know it's on the the App Apple. Store through through Apple right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's free. That yeah. is that is the thing that's a little different than most of our Player Slayer products. This is a, a free, yeah. Go download and I, and I think the other thing is too is it again not to just target it. Are you a miniature Games Workshop player? I think there's some utility here for anybody who's doing any kind of miniature painting mm-hmm. at all, or even just interested in miniature painting. Just you know, it, you never even thought about it. I think this is this app could help you kind of feel comfortable to take that first step um, because of all the techniques that they go over in there. Again, way more than I thought they were going to put in this app. Um, it really can can help walk you through anything you want to do. Uh, in terms of painting miniatures again now the only thing that's kind of tailored to the games workshop is their colors but you can find right. resources on the internet because if you're using p3s or using reaper colors there's a lot of uh, resources army, out army there painter. or army painter that'll give you tell you what the yeah. equivalent kind of colors yeah. are for a lot of because a lot of them have uh, equivalents to some of the yeah, gw stuff they, so. they name their their paints you know corn red mm-hmm. well you can find a deep red that matches that amongst a number of other mm-hmm. paint brands so um, don't let that be what, what keeps you back. I, I think ultimately it's clear I'm playing it. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I I like having the the knowledge base of Duncan Rhodes in my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. In essence, yeah. I feel like I always have Duncan with me. The only thing the app doesn't tell me is use two thin coats yeah. every time I look at something. Um, so I'm I'm gonna play it. I I've been using it. I, I enjoy the app, and I would recommend to anyone that's going to dabble in painting miniatures to give it a download and and just look through it before starting a, a project. Uh, Troy, you've kind of tipped your hand. Yeah, I, I played it. I downloaded it the day before it came out. Yeah, as soon me too. as Ty's like, hey, it's already out. And I'm like, really? All right, got it. Um, <laughs> and then I immediately started playing with it and taking pictures of stuff in the real world to see what colors they were in Citadel Paints, which is the <laughs> funnest game ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, when I, we, we kind of took a brief hiatus um, from uh, miniature gaming. Um, and then Age of Sigmar came back and, and we got back into it. So when we got back into miniature gaming, I switched to Army Painter uh, Paints. And I'm really kind of bummed that I did because I, I'd really like to be in Citadel Paints with this app. Uh, like, I know we talked about, you know, there, yeah. there are, um, you know, ways to use Army Painter with this app, kind of. Um but yeah, with it with with the technical paints and and with this app, now I'm kind of wishing I wouldn't have made that switch. Um, so for for what it's worth, I am still gonna play it. I think I think the app is awesome, and uh, everything I've seen, um, especially with you know some of the snow technical paints and uh, you know other technical paints that, that they add into it as well for bases and things, um, or, or or other stuff. Definitely, uh, definitely a great app. Um, definitely gonna play it, but it, it's making me a little jealous of folks that are using Citadel Paint still. So I, uh, I kind of want to make the switch back. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So play it or slay it. Uh, check out the Citadel Paint app um, released by Games Workshop. Um, couple uh, BOD news and events upcoming throughout the fall. Um, near the end of October, there are a couple of near cons mm. as far as uh, the the Milwaukee, Chicago area. I know, Troy, you may be going to... Uh, RockCon uh, down in Rockford, Illinois, which is about 90 minutes from, from us here. Um, and that's uh, it tends to have a more of a miniature game focus, um, but has a, some miniature game and some RPG stuff too. And again, uh, Dan Bears and uh, the group that he goes with... Uh, um, and their name escapes me at the moment. Um, the D, D company. company, the D company, uh, usually has a pretty good showing down there, um, for stuff like that. So I may drop down there on Saturday, see if I can, uh, pull that off. So that same weekend, there is a, uh, miniature gaming convention in St. Charles, Illinois called Dragonfall. Um, some of the local, uh, age of Sigmar guys are going down. Alex Gonzalez, who runs the grand tournament, um, for age of Sigmar at Adepticon, was asked by Dragonfall to do a one-day um, small tournament. So he's, it's a thousand-point Age of Sigmar tournament um, that starts at 10 a.m., runs till 7 p.m., awards at 7.30. You get three rounds, four rounds in, and call it a day. So smaller games, smaller tables. Um, uh, I know Dan Biella, who uh, from Blood Art Studios, is painting a lot of terrain for some of the 40K tournaments and doing some stuff for that. He's involved with that, um, that con as well. So... Um, may try to see if I can get down there that weekend. Um, low cost of entry, short trip, uh, miniature gaming tournaments in, in the area. Uh, 
very shortly after that, first weekend in November in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Alliant uh, Energy uh, Center's um, Exhibition Hall. Whatever it's called. Basically. Yep. Uh, Game Hole Con, fifth year, I believe. Of I think Game so. Con. Yep. Um, True Dungeon will be there. The Wizards of the Coast contingency for the D&D team will be there. Um, Pat Rothfuss is the guest of honor. Troy will be playing a game with him there. Um, so we'll, we'll be there for the weekend. Uh, I know I'm going down that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <clears throat> Highly recommend that if you're in the, the, the Midwest, even I'd say yep. come up from Chicago, come down from the twin cities. Yep. And, and any interest in kind of, especially RPG, true dungeon, uh, does have some role playing a little bit of miniature. I would say it's not the focus is not miniature playing, although there's some miniature there. Um, uh, RPG is probably the strongest focus of that, 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, convention and they have Uh, a great free game board library too mm -hmm. Uh, so if you just want to come down and do a couple games and you have some time in between check out their free game and unlike like gen con or other big like we've spent whole afternoons yeah just playing open games and checking stuff out and Um, games and things like that and the food trucks are great too (laughs) outside yeah they have like a handful of food trucks that uh all really great food so you don't have to go too far to grab some lunch madison is a true gem of the midwest i'm not biased from my time in college there it is truly one of the greatest cities in um in the midwest and and if as far as 10 15 minute drive away from the convention you have downtown madison in the campus which is phenomenal so it's a great location for a con um adepticon recently has released their uh, registration info looking like mid-november some of the uh, actually event uh, registration stuff will be up so right around the corner, <laughs> which yep. is crazy. We're, we're uh, staring down fall and winter um, and some of the, the spring conventions that, that roll around after that. Um, I believe it's Friday the 17th of November yep. uh, at 8 p.m. So Be there if you want to get into a hobby seminar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hobby seminars, be ready to yep. go. Even some of the tournaments yep. uh, are we'll sell out to really quick. sell yeah. out pretty quick within the, the first day. Um, so get on that. Um, come say hi if you're in Philadelphia <laughs> also in November. I will be uh, headed out to PAX Unplugged with the guys from Anvil 8, making the road trip, um, volunteering my services as a hacktivist at the uh, Anvil 8 booth. So um, come say hi. It uh, should be a fun time. Uh, PAX Unplugged. And as always, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we definitely want to hear what you have to say about the show, any constructive feedback, any any feedback whatsoever. Um, if you think Josh needs to deepen his voice because you like no. when he when he hits those lower octaves. I can totally do that. Yeah, so <laughs> let us know. Uh, you can contact us on Facebook, Playin' and Slayin', um, Twitter, at Playin' Slayin' Show, website, through thebasementofdeath.com. Also, number of emails any of us our names josh ty or troy at basementofdeath.com or info at basementofdeath.com um but please reach out hit us up on twitter facebook whatever the case may be and as always everyone keep the dice rolling the drinks on ice and no matter what keep playing and slaying
The unique way team members are paired together in games does require a few small tweaks to accommodate the tournament mechanics. We've worked to keep the long-standing tradition of the team tournament, and part of its character is designing thematic lists in a constrained format that function well together in multiple pairing combinations. We will feature that mechanic again, as we bring the team tournament in line with the new edition. To facilitate this, we have created unique team tournament detachments specific mm. to the requirements of the event. These detachments, when paired together, mimic the standard detachments available to a player in a standard game of Warhammer 40,000. This event is going to be a blast, and we are looking forward to seeing all the great armies, friendly faces, and legions of miniatures in March. Chris, Adepticon Warhammer 40,000 coordinator. <laughs> 